Hello everyone and welcome back to Let's Talk About It. Today's topic is cryptids. Now, thing is about me, I love horror movies and I love monster horror films especially. And I love monster horror movies the most if they do their research when making their monster or they use an urban legend or a cryptid. So, I've been wanting to talk about cryptids on the podcast for a while, and I've been debating when the best time was to, and I think today was the best. So, uh, let's get into it. The definition of a cryptid is an animal, such as Sasquatch or the Loch Ness Monster, that has been claimed to exist but never spoken to exist, contrary to popular belief. Cryptids do not have to be supernatural, mythical, or even all that strange, though many popular creatures acquire these characteristics as their legends grow. Um, there are a lot of popular cryptids, especially through social media. Um, a couple years ago, actually last year, in like early 2019, throughout 2019, there was a... I was seeing a lot of Mothman content. Now, um, Mothman is a cryptid that origin is said to originate from West Virginia in Mason County. And it's a winged bipedal creature, and it was popularized by John A. Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecies. I'm reading off of the Wikipedia article for Mothman, so I'm going to read about maybe the first one to three paragraphs, because they're relatively short. In West Virginia folklore, the Mothman is a creature reportedly seen in the Point, Ple- in the Point Pleasant area from November 12th, 1966 to December 15th, 1967. The first newspaper report was published in the Point Pleasant Register, dated November 16, 1966, titled Couple Sees Man-Sized Bird Creature Something. The national press soon picked up the reports and helped spread the story across the United States. The Mothman was introduced to a wider audience by Gray Barker in 1970 and later popularized by John Keel in his 1975 book, the Mothman prophecies, claiming that there were supernatural events related to the sightings and a connection to the collapse of the Silver Bridge. The Mothman appears in popular culture. The 2002 film, The Mothman Prophecies, starring Richard Gere, was based on Keel's book. An annual festival in Point Pleasant is devoted to to the Mothman legend. Um, I'm going to read the history. So, on November 12, 1966, five men who were digging at a grave at a cemetery near Clendenin, West Virginia, claimed to have seen a man-like figure fly low from the trees over their heads. This is often identified as the first known sighting of what became known as the Mothman. Shortly thereafter, on November 15, 1966, two young couples from Point Pleasant, Roger and Linda Scott, Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette told police they saw a large gray creature whose eyes glowed red when the car's headlights picked it up. 
They described it as a large flying man with 10-foot wings, following their car while they were driving in an area outside of town known as the TNT area, the site of the former World War II munitions plant. During the next few days, other people reported similar sightings. Two volunteer firemen who saw it said it was a large bird with red eyes. Mason County Sheriff George Johnson commented that he believed the sightings were due to an unusually large heron he termed a shite poke. Contractor Newell Partridge told Johnson that when he claimed he aimed a flashlight at a creature in the nearby field, its eyes glowed like bicycle reflectors and blamed buzzing noises from his television set at, and the disappearance of his German shepherd dog on this creature. Wildlife biologist Dr. Robert L. Smith at West Virginia University told reporters that descriptions and sightings of all fit the sandhill crane, a large American crane almost as high as a man with a seven-foot wingspan creating, sorry, featuring circles of reddish coloring around the eyes, and that the bird may have wandered out of its migration route. This particular crane was unrecognized at first, but it is not native to this region. After December 15th, 1976, collapse of the Silver Bridge, and the death of 46 people, the incident gave rise to the legend and connected the Mothman to sightings, Mothman sightings to the bridge collapse. The Mothman Prophecies 2002 is a major motion picture loosely based on the 1975 book of the same name by John Keel. According to Georgian, I think I'm pronouncing that right, newspaper, Svodbunnaya Russian UFOologists claim the ma- that Mothman sightings in Moscow foreshadowed the 1999 Russian apartment bombings. In 2006, WCHS TV published a photo reported, purported to be the Mothman taken by an anon- anonymous man while driving on Route 2. Science writer Sharon A. Hill proposed that the photo showed a bird, perhaps an owl, carrying a frog or snake away, and wrote that there is zero reason to suspect it is the Mothman, as described in legend. There are too many far more reasonable explanations. Um, one thing that I've also heard about Mothman is that he, they, Mothman is, has been cited at like during 9/11 it's per- it's interesting to say the least um because like the mothman prophecies uh people believe that whenever mothman shows up something bad really bad is going to happen which is kind of interesting i mean it'd be cool if they had more proof but it could just be like uh the what is it the scientist said where it could most like it's either a bird or like yeah could be a bird uh i'm looking at like a list <sighs> I'm trying to get one that's not like well, here's one that's familiar to me at least. Um, the Loch Ness Monster. 
Nessie redirects here. For other uses, see Loch Ness Monster. Disambigua disambiguation in Nessie. Disambiguation. The Loch Ness Monster, or Nessie, Scottish Gaelic. I'm not going to read that. Is a cryptid in cryptozoology and Scottish folklore that is said to inhabit Loch Ness in the Scottish Highlands. It is often described as a large, long-necked, and with one or more humps protruding from the water. Popular interests and beliefs in the creature have varied since it was brought to worldwide attention in 1933. Evidence of its existence is, is anecdotal, with a number of disputed photographs and sonar readings. The scientific community regards the Loch Ness Monster as a phenomenon without, without biological basis, explaining sightings as hoaxes, wishful thinking, and mis misidentification of mundane objects. Now, I think the first time I heard of the Loch Ness Monster was from an old Scooby-Doo cartoon. I used to watch Hanna Barbera at my grandpa at my grandparents' house, and one thing I would watch was um, Scooby Doo. I also saw it at my house, and I also saw this movie. I can't remember what it was called. We'll have to look it up, but it was a really good movie. It's called the the movie is called The Water Horse. And um it's about this little boy who goes like swimming in Loch Ness or like I think it's Loch Ness. But anyways, um he finds this egg and he takes it home and well uh if you want to hear if you want to watch it, watch it. Go ahead. It's a really good movie. I highly suggest it. But um Honestly, <laughs> um, one thing about Loch Ness Monster is that usually the depictions I've seen of it look like it would belong in, like it w should be a fossil. Like it looks like an uh, aquatic re reptilian like dinosaur that looks like a bronchiosaurus. Wait, hold on. I think that's what it's... Never mind, it's an Apatosaurus. It looks like an Apatosaurus grew flippers instead of legs and just kind of waddled into the water and lived there. Um, again, the same as Mothman. I mean, there are there is a lot of proof, but the thing is, a lot of the photos that I've seen are... Like, um, what is it? <laughs> really grainy. Or, um, yeah, they're usually really, really grainy. Uh, yeah. And a majority of the time, like, in my mind, I'm like, it could be a log. It could be fake. It most likely is. But, thing is, a lot of the times, uh, there would be, like, 
photo contests to see who could get a more uh um so we're gonna other than that i honestly it's one of those things where you don't know if it's faked or not but a lot of the times also there would be and i think there are um like contests to see like a big not necessarily a winch witch hunt but a monster hunt basically get a find the monster get a photo give it to us and we'll like give the person with the most convincing photo or the most like uh with the best photo uh this large sum of money and like a lot of the times uh like uh the most famous picture of the Loch Ness monster if i look at it it looks i mean yes It's titled, The Surgeon's Photo. The thing is, it's a hoax. And it's now known to be a hoax. And it was taken in 1934. But um, that being said, a lot of people would fake, like, um, taking the image, make it really grainy. And that would be the best thing that they'd have. And then they just sent it in. So, now we're going to take the time to take a quick intermission, uh, pause, listen to the music, do whatever you need to do, and we'll be right back. And we are back. So, um, the next cryptid that we're going to be talking about is one of the most notorious ones. And, like, if you're on the West Coast and you go to, like, any tourist attraction, you'll see this guy on merchandise. Um, maybe there's a big statue of him, but it's Bigfoot, also known as Sasquatch. In North American folklore, Bigfoot or Sasquatch are said to be hairy, upright-walking, ape-like creatures that dwell in the wilderness and leave giant human-like footprints. Depictions even portray them as a missing link between humans and human ancestors or other great apes. They are strongly associated with the Pacific Northwest, particularly Oregon, Washington, British Columbia, and Northern California. Individuals have claimed to see the creature all across North America over the years. These creatures have inspired numerous commercial ventures and hoaxes. The plural nouns Bigfoots and Big Feet are both in use. Folklorists trace the figure of Bigfoot to a combination of factors and sources, including folklore surrounding the European wild man figure, folk belief among Native Americans and loggers and a cultural increase of, in environmental concerns. A majority of scientists have historically discounted the existence of Bigfoot, considering it to be a combination of folklore, misidentification, and hoax, rather than living animals. Now, um, I'm going to read the description and then like a brief thing of the history. 
Description. People who claim to have seen it describe Bigfoot as a large, muscular, bipedal, ape-like creature, roughly around 6 to 9 feet, 1.8 to 2.7 meters tall, covered in hair described as black, dark brown, or dark reddish. An enormous, the enormous footprints for which the creatures are named are claimed to be as large as 24 inches or 60 centimeters long and 8 inches 20 centimeters wide. Some footprint casts also have contained claw marks, making it likely that they came from known animals such as bears, which have five toes and claws. According to history, according to David Daigling, Daigling, the legends predate the name of the name Bigfoot. They differ in their details, both regionally and f- between famil- families in the same community. Ecologist Robert Pyle says the most cultures have accounts of human-like giants in their folk history expressing a need for some larger-than-life creature. Each language had it had its own name for the creatures featured in the local virgin, version of such le- legends. Many names meant something along the lines of wild man or hairy man, although other names described common actions that it was said to perform, such as eating clams or shaking trees. Chief, Chief Michel... Of the um, I think it, I think it's a Native American. Lakapamuks, I butchered that. At Lighton, British Columbia, told such a story to Charles Hill Tout in night in eighteen ninety eight. He named the creature by the Salishan variant, meaning the benign faced one. The members of the Lumi tell tales about a creature, um, the local version of Bigfoot. The stories are similar to each other in the general description of the creature, but details differed among variations between various family accounts concerning the creature's diet and activities. Some regional versions tell more of of a more threatening creature, the Stia. Stiaha or the Quiquiai. Quiquiai were a nocturnal race. Children were named against saying the children were warned against saying the names lest the monster hear and come to carry off a person, sometime to be killed. In eighteen forty seven Paul Kane reported stories by the Indians about Skukums, a race of cannibalistic wild men living on the peak of Mount St. Helens in the north in southern Washington state. Less menacing versions have also been recorded, such as one in 1840 by Elk Walker, a pro- Protestant mo- missionary, recorded stories of giants among the Indians living near Spokane, Washington. The Indians said that these giants lived on and around the peaks of nearby mountains and stole salmon from the fishermen's nets. In, 1920, in the 1920s, Indian agent J. W. Burns compiled local stories and published them in a series of Canadian newspaper articles. There were account they were accounts told to him by the uh, stale, stale's people of the Chahalis. 
in others. The people in other regional tribes maintain maintain that the Sasquatch were real. They were offended by people telling them that the figures were legendary. According to the tribe, tribe's accounts, the Sasquatch preferred to avoid white men and spoke to spoke the Lil- Liloit language as the of the people of, at Port Douglas, British Columbia, at the head of Har- Harrison Lake. These accounts were published again in 1940. Burns borrowed the term Sasquatch from the Halkomalum and used it as in his articles to describe a hypothetical single type of creature portrayed in local stories. Now, I remember I would watch Animal Planet and there was like this one show where they would hunt Bigfoot and they would go around um, the United States, specifically on the Pacific in, like, in the Pacific Northwest, and they were, like, um, they would hold panels, and then at the end of those, uh, they would have people, like, come up and say, like, there would be a line, like, they would show it on camera, there would be a line, or <laughs> it looked like, um, an alcoholics and not, like, what, shows portray an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting to be where it's basically everyone's just sitting in this big conference room or not a conference room but this big room and there are seats and there's a stage and the people that are like the Bigfoot hunters are on the stage at a table and they're like anyone who has a Bigfoot sighting stand up and these people would stand up and they'd raise their hands and then they give their um They'd give their story, and then these people would, like, talk to the person with the most, like, convincing one that they thought was real. And so they'd, like, go to this person, they're like, hey, um, tell us more about your encounter. And these people would go to where the, uh, the person said they saw Bigfoot, they'd stake out the area they'd put like night vision cameras they'd have like camo hides they'd um have these little tents that are like camouflage and they'd be on the uh they'd be in the forest just like waiting and sometimes they'd actually hear stuff um could have been staged I don't know but the thing is little kid me I found it really interesting and there was this one episode where a kid was at a panel he was like 12 at the time and he was like he stood up and he was the only kid there and like he gave a story and the group was like it was like it was like one of them had an individual interview at the camera and giving their personal opinions, and then they talked it over. Actually, they talked it over as a group, now that I'm remembering it. It was like, um, do you think we should believe him? He's, he's just a kid, yeah, but it's so convincing. So he brings them to his backyard, and it's like a fenced backyard, I think, with a trampoline in the back. And he's like, um, it was at night, and I thought, I think it was at night. I don't know, but it was, like, I saw this big, like, hairy 
person outside of my house in my backyard. Actually, I'd, I can't remember if it was a fenced backyard, but it was just like, um, it was like one of those, um, suburban neighborhoods that's like right next to a forest. And so he's, um, yeah, I saw it, like, it saw me, and then it went, it ran into the forest, and I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) I mean, I can't, I can remember a majority of the show, but I can't remember a lot of it vividly. I can remember this particular episode very vividly, but, um, I honestly, um, it's another one of those things where, uh, it'd be interesting if they had a lot of proof, like, beyond a reasonable doubt that, like, um, it exists. So, on to the next one. I think the last one for this episode is gonna be, um, these I personally do not consider cryptids. They're more of a paranormal phenomena, and I think in a separate episode, I'll, like, go back to this topic and, like, read stories about them as well, um, like, off of Reddit, but, um, it's black-eyed children, so they're under the paranormal category. So, black-eyed children usually come in pairs of, like, little kids, they can be teenagers, they can be, like, as young as four or as old as, like, 17, within that range of child, they, or, like, adolescence, they can appear as such. So, black-eyed children, black-eyed children are an American contemporary legend of supposed paranormal creatures that supposedly resemble children between the ages of 10, okay, 10 to 16, never mind. I didn't read that article, uh, with pale skin and black eyes who are reportedly seen hitchhiking or panhandling or are encountered, encountered on doorsteps of residential homes. Now, um, if you listen to, or if you've ever watched, like, Snarled and listened to their something, or watched their something scary videos, you will pro if you've been with the channel and you remember sapphire like um recording and reading the stories then you'll probably have heard her black eyed children uh it's not her story but it was a story that she narrated um on the show and it's one of my personal favorites that I've heard so Honestly, it's a pretty interesting phenomena. I'm going to read the history, my personal opinion, and then that's it um, for this episode. History. While tabloid coverage of these creatures has claimed that the tales of black-eyed children have existed since the 1980s, most sources indicate that the legend originated from 1996 postings written by Texas reporter Brian Bethel on a ghost-related mailing list relating to alleged encounters with black-eyed kids. 
Bethel describes encountering two such children in Al- Albaline. I swear I'm butchering, butchering these. Texas in 1996 and claims that a second person had a similar unrelated encounter in Portland, Oregon. Bethel's stories have become regarded as classic examples of creepypasta and gained such popularity that he published an FAQ just to keep up with the demand for more info about the new urban legend. In 2012, Brian Bethel told his story on reality TV series Monsters and Mysteries in America. He wrote up a follow-up article for the Albuline Reporter News, describing his experience and maintaining his belief that it was legitimate. Legitimate. In 2012, the horror film Black Eyed Kids was produced with Kickstarter funding, its director commenting that the creepy children were an urban legend that's been floating around on the internet, internet for years now. I always thought it was fascinating. A 2013 episode of S. MSN's Weekly Strange that featured reports of black-eyed children is thought to have helped spread the legend on the internet. During one week in September 2014, the British tabloid Daily Star ran three sensationalistic front-page stories about alleged sightings of black-eyed children connected to the sale of of a supposedly haunted pub in Staffordshire. The paper claimed a shock rise in sightings around the world. Alleged sightings are taken seriously by ghost hunters, some of whom believe black-eyed children to be be extraterrestrials, vampires, or ghosts. Science writer Sharon A. Hill was unable to find any documentation of black-eyed children encounters, concluding that the tales are passed on as friend-to-a-friend ghost stories. Hill considers the legend to resemble typical spooky folklore stories, such as the phantom black dog, where the subject is not supernatural, and there may have there may have never been any actual original encounter. Snopes lists lists this phenomenon as being a legend. Now, I've heard people's encounters, and they're interesting to say the least. Um, a while back, I remember watching this YouTube video about black-eyed children and it showed one thing that was weird is that it okay so if you know what a deer cam is um then you'll understand but if you don't know what a deer cam is it's basically uh what people will put out in the woods and it's a night vision camera that will activate and take pictures at when motion is detected in the woods now one thing the person showed is that they showed a lot of videos and a lot of images. Um, one of which was an image taken by a deer cam in the woods of this little girl, like, looking at the camera. And it looked like she had been abandoned in the woods. Which is... It was interesting to see that image in the video, to say the least, because... Um, usually when people hear black-eyed children, they are well-kept, they are usually decent, um, uh, it's also when, 
another one of the videos that they showed was it looked like it was edited and <laughs> it looked really fake uh i think the video's deleted now actually the one talking about black eyed children in general but anyways um is like um they had a security camera on their back porch which was right next to the woods and it was like of course nighttime and the camera was only activated by motion it would start recording and then stop and the video clips were just edited together but anyways um and like show something moving off screen and then you'd see like a kid like two kids at the back door just pop up and it was honestly i like hearing stories and videos are cool too but it's not always 100% <laughs> uh guaranteed that it is unedited untouched that it's vanilla that it was um like I said before, unedited footage, if, um, yeah, uh, with cryptids, the thing is, like, it's not a majority of the time, like, with Mothman, and with, um, with, like, um, Sasquatch, or the Jersey Devil, or Loch Ness Monster, um, basically the more like perceived to be supernatural cryptids are based on sightings and the most famous photo for Loch Ness monster was a hoax um so it makes you wonder like for me I'm sitting in, like, on the line in between some things I believe, some things I don't. For me, I need a lot of evidence for it to be, like, to convince me. Um, because it's just one of those things where it needs to be proven beyond all reasonable doubt that it's true. So, that's the end of my little tangent. Um, most likely there will be a separate episode in the future talking of reading off like black eyed children uh encounters and giving my opinions on them but i hope you enjoyed this episode and enjoy your day